0: Everyone, this is Pete Van Epps, and welcome to another edition of the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Above and Beyond, you know this podcast is a forum where we interview Cameron Brooks alumni. That is, people that were um, former military officers transitioned to corporate America through Cameron Brooks and are now professionals in the business world. And we interview them and and really get some of the best practices and experiences that they've had in their careers thus far to benefit everyone who listens to this podcast. So in this interview um, or in this podcast, I interview Eric Baker. Eric is an associate marketing manager at Foster Farms out in California He is a West Point graduate and former Army infantry officer, and so we spent some time discussing his marketing role at a major consumer food company and how it relates and, frankly, doesn't relate to being in the Army and some of his experiences. We also dig into topics like the advantage of doing a broad career search, being humble, and treating every interaction at work like it matters, and so I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Eric for more information about Cameron Brooks. You can find us at Cameron-Brooks.com. And now on to the episode.
1: Eric, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you being here.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for uh, for having me here.
1: All right. Well, good. Well, let's launch right into it here. Why don't, why don't you start off and uh, and just share with us a little, bit, a little bit about your military background, kind of where you came from uh, before making the transition to corporate America.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I graduated in 2008 from uh, West Point, uh, and I was an infantry guy, that was the only thing I wanted to do. Um, went down to Fort Benning for about a year, uh, went through various training programs there, and then headed over to Fort Stewart, Georgia, which is over in um, Savannah. Um, deployed out of there, um, came back to Fort Benning for the captain's career course, and then of all places, I went to Camp Atterbury, Indiana for my final assignment, uh, which was a little bit closer to home for me and my wife. So spent uh, five years in, uh, loved every second of it, and was um, really anxious about making the transition out, but I've also loved every second of uh, being out as well.
1: So when you say home, you at, when you were at Atterbury, where's home for you?
2: So my wife and I, we actually met in Savannah, Georgia, of all places, um, but we're both from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, so that Camp Atterbury assignment was, uh, we we were pretty fortunate to only be about an hour, hour and a half away from uh, where our immediate family was at the time.
1: Gotcha. All right, so you and I have known each other for a few years now. You got out of the military in 2013. Tell us a little bit about your transition and your ultimate decision to go work at Foster Farms.
2: Yeah, so Foster Farms was absolutely not on my radar going into the conference. Uh, <laughs> I had never even heard of uh, the brand, the company, uh, anything about it. You know, growing up in Ohio, um, it's a, Foster Farms is a West Coast brand. Um, so my wife and I, we went into the conference um, really with an open mind. Um, we were willing to go wherever the best opportunity was. Um, when I interviewed with Foster Farms, I interviewed with Um, a director who ended up being my boss, his name was TJ Johnson, and um, from the get-go, this guy uh, just really resonated with me. Um, He kind of talked me through how it was going to be a crawl, walk, run transition for me uh, into the business world. He expressed how he wanted me um, to be on board as a leader and that the business and the marketing uh, acumen was going to come over time and and how he was going to teach that. Um, And then overall, it was just a, it was a great cultural fit. When I went on the the follow up interview with Foster Farms, um, kind of driving down the middle of uh, the Central Valley in in California, it kind of reminded me of being back in Ohio, which was kind of surprising, being all the way out here in California. Um, so really, the position itself, uh, it gave me an opportunity to to manage a business. Um, the cultural fit was strong, um, and it was a big business that just kind of had a small, you know. Um, down home kind of feel to it, so yeah. it felt right, and my wife and I decided to to move across uh, the country to come all the way out here and give it a shot.
1: Now, when you were when you were looking at other opportunities, I guess my my without going back and looking at the list, uh, my guess is that you probably did have some opportunities that were a little bit closer to home.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one was in uh, Nashville. Uh, another one was actually out here in California. Another one was in. In Texas, but the interesting thing was, is um, really each each one of them um, was very very different culturally. You know, it, it could have been going up to the 45th floor wearing a suit and tie every single day um, in, in in the downtown, or it could be uh, jeans and an untucked you know <laughs> collared shirt, um, you know, showing up a little bit later. Um, so I mean, each each different opportunity that, that came about presented a different cultural fit, which um, I was so thankful to, to go to each and every single follow-up interview just so I could see the dynamics of each, um, each office place.
1: Sure. So when you started, you, um, you started at Foster Farms back in 2013 as assistant marketing manager. So when you first came out, maybe you can just kind of walk us through. So you started in that role, then you've taken other roles since then. Maybe share with us a little bit about what that first role looked like for you, especially you're an infantry guy from the from the army and now you're doing marketing at a consumer company and so tell us a little bit about that and what that role was and then maybe uh, what you're what you're doing now as associate marketing manager
2: absolutely yeah I think i I still kind of smile and laugh about it right now Um, you know when when I interviewed with Foster Farms um, the role itself was as an assistant marketing manager for the fresh turkey business and fresh turkey would be you know, your Thanksgiving turkeys, ground turkey that you'd buy in a regular retail store, what have you. And I remember asking my boss, saying, So who am I going to be reporting to as an assistant marketing manager? Is there a brand manager above me? He said, No, you got it. He's like, You're gonna report into me as a director, he oversees the entire turkey division, but uh, I alone was gonna manage a hundred and fifty million dollar business from the get go. Which I kinda of looked at and said, You guys have got to be crazy to give me <laughs> to give me to give me this role. But over time, what I realized is that I was actually fit for the role. Um, it was very much a cross functional role. It was, it was just like, honestly, kind of running a, a remote outpost, um, getting to know the operations side of the folks, um, uh, getting to know the intel part of the business, so understanding the consumers, the customers, um, who you're trying to sell the product to and why. Um, really just a lot of the things that I learned within the, the military just kind of felt, you know, fell right into that, that marketing role, so uh, I was fortunate to, to manage that business for uh, about two and a half years, and then um, as our prepared foods division began to grow across the country and, and kind of grow um, more sales in the, in the East, uh, I saw an opportunity internally where I could start helping out on the frozen cooked chicken business. Um, so I interviewed for that position uh, about eight, nine months ago. And within that role, um, it's a completely different um, focus. So um, I'm mostly in charge of the shopper marketing. Uh, I manage the the Foster Farms Bowl game, which is uh, coming up here in December. So I'm the the lead on that. It's a completely different focus from a digital and and television um, spend. So the the marketing budgets are um, significantly more than what I was working with on the fresh turkey business. And then lastly, I'm working for um, two different bosses. So while I loved my, my previous boss, I'm learning under somebody, you know, different, um, different marketing background, different experience, different look on things. So um, it had kind of gotten to the point where I was getting very comfortable with the turkey business. And, you know, just like they say in the military, once you start getting comfortable is, is when you get hit. Um, so I knew it was time to transition, and fortunately, I was able to do it within the same company.
1: So where's the uh, where's the bowl game this year, or where is it where is it always held?
2: Yeah, so the bowl game is down at uh, Levi Stadium in, in Santa Clara, uh, California. So it's it's where the 49ers play.
1: Gotcha. Wow, that uh, that's quite a uh, sounds like quite a pro- or I'm sure it'll be quite a project.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty fun. We were down there on Sunday, um, kind of doing some some brand ambassador type things, handing out coupons, giving. Um, people discounts for for bowl tickets, but it's just a, it's a it's an interesting challenge that I wouldn't have had on the turkey side and um, Just look at things completely completely different and you know at the end of the day. It's, it's fun. You know working um, Closely with uh, you know the 49ers as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's not your primary role though, right? You're, you're managing the bowl game, but you're you're also are you managing a, an entire category? Or what does it look like day to day for you?
2: So I'm in a, a, a support position, so truly a, an associate brand manager role, where I report into um, a senior brand manager, um, and we manage the, the, the frozen cooked chicken business. So things, sure. um, you know, cooked chicken wings, um, crispy strips, um, anything sure. that you find in that, that freezer aisle. Um, and as a, a focus of our company, um, we're primarily a fresh-driven business. So when it comes to fresh chicken or fresh turkey, you have distribution constraints along the West Coast. Um with frozen, you can ship you know nationally. So it's a strategic focus of ours to grow our sales um, east where uh, we've got voids in our in our distribution. So um, I help support uh, manage the portfolio of products, um, help support on a lot of the um, the research that we're conducting in terms of the consumers that we're wanting to focus against. And then a lot of our work too right now is being dedicated to innovation. Um, so, that's an, an exciting area where we've got um, a couple of new products coming out in 2017 that uh, we're really excited to see hit the market
1: okay let me ask you a little bit about the analytics piece because uh, you know when I think marketing I think about looking at demographic information and current sales and uh, places where um, places where products could be sold perhaps you mentioned avoid and distribution where maybe products aren't sold right now sold right now so how deep into some of the quantitative analytics are you guys digging into as it relates to developing strategy for you know where you want to sell more product
2: yeah I mean very deep Um, we are um, data-driven company Um, so um, if we're going to venture into a certain segment within the category or or try to target a certain consumer that we believe is within the category we need Data to, to justify um, our entrance into it. So, um, for us specifically within the, the freezer category, you have um, a certain segment of people that are willing to buy it um, regardless. So they're they're what we call the the freezer believers. Um, then you've got a group where you've got a it's a, it's a justifying juggler mom. So they're trying to juggle their activities throughout the week. They've only got twenty minutes to to make their dinner. Um, so they you know they go to the freezer aisle and buy a, a ready to to, to cook meal uh, right there off the shelf. And what we're trying to venture into is, 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 is there a market for healthier consumers? So um, no antibiotic ever chicken, uh, or organic chicken, or chicken that's cooked differently, where it's got um, less fat um, or um, you know less calories than, than competition. Um, and then really, one of the, the things that I think is um, really interesting is, there's kind of a habitual nature in terms of the way people um, purchase their product. I mean, we've gone uh, on store visits where we've just casually, um, you know, watch consumers walk up and down the aisle where um, they just open the door, grab the bag, throw it in, and they don't even recall the, the brand that they're purchasing. Um, so there's even a way to go into that from uh, a psychological standpoint where you can conduct interviews and find out why there's that habitual nature in terms of um, the way people buy, the, you know, the why behind uh, what they buy. And how they go about doing it so really I mean that to me is is fascinating that's what keeps me on my toes um, yeah. from a marketing standpoint it's it's just kind of like going into your you know your s 2 your Intel shop and and saying give me anything and everything you have on uh, on the enemy and um, in this case the consumer and um, so you can kind of formulate your strategy on how best to go about it
1: yeah that is very fascinating thanks for going in a little bit deeper into that, I think that, that those who listen to this podcast will be interested in hearing a little bit about that experience, whether they're in the military, outside of the military. All right. Let me uh, let me change gears on you here a little bit. So When you made the transition into the marketing department at Foster Farms, I think you were the first person, at least from Cameron Brooks, junior, junior military officer, to um, head in that direction with that department. Now there's multiple folks that have made the transition and are working alongside you. What's that been like? Have you been able to bring them in and help them assimilate and work with other military officers, some from the Army, some from other branches? Tell me a little bit about what that dynamic looks like for you guys
2: Yeah, absolutely it was um, I was super fired up when they um, they asked me to, to go back and um, try and help recruit and, and bring in other junior military officers because I just um, on the surface it doesn't seem... Um, but there's much of a correlation, uh, you know, coming from the military and into a marketing role. But once you actually get into the role, you start seeing how many similarities uh, there are. Um, so we've brought, I think, uh, four or five other marketing uh, managers in. I joke around the office that we've got our own little firing squad here now that's that's ready to take on ISIS. Uh, so it's kind of nice having them around because we share similar frustrations, um, laughs, uh, you know, memories about certain Experiences within the Army, uh, Navy, or Air Force, um, but really each one of them has come in and, and hit the ground running. Um, you know, different business lines dictate um, different things out of those people, but generally we all kind of go through the same struggles um, and learning experiences. And it's been great to be able to to share that um, with them because, um, you know, I remember what it was like, you know, starting the very first day. I had absolutely no idea what I was supposed to wear to work, and and here we are you know, three and a half years later and I've got a um, you know a couple of colleagues where I can kind of help them through that process as well.
1: Yeah, that's great. What about uh, what about Upwards? Uh, are you uh, connected with anyone at your company or perhaps out outside of your company that uh, that is serving as a mentor for you, business mentor?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first boss, uh, TJ, TJ Johnson, um, this guy I call him. Drill Sergeant Johnson, his uh, his dad was actually a, a drill sergeant within the military, but um, this guy absolutely um, pulled me under his wing. Um, one of the, the things that I remember him telling me was, you know, you, at the end of the day, it's it's turkey, you know, it's a Thanksgiving turkey or it's ground turkey in a tray, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna make or break this business. You can't you can't fix it, you can't ruin it, but you can manage it and you can manage it to the best of your ability. and, and he gave me that confidence. Um, really early on in my career, which um, kind of allowed me to start making decisions and feeling empowered um, to truly own own the business. Um, but he's been a, a mentor for me, um, really my, my last three and a half years here, and I, I know he'll be a mentor for me moving forward.
1: Gotcha. Um, I I noticed I was looking on your LinkedIn profile, and you hadn't you and I hadn't uh, discussed this previously, but I noticed that you've started your MBA. Is that right? Correct. And how far along are you in that program?
2: Uh, a couple quarters in. So I'm going through the online MBA program at um, Indiana. Um, it's been a, a great program so far. Um, I'm actually really excited about the, the next quarter we're taking two classes. I'm taking two classes and one is operations management, which is uh, we're an operations uh, focused uh, business over here. So I know that I'm going to Definitely benefit from that and then my other class is strategic brand management which is a perfect yeah yeah, perfect timing for that but um, it's been interesting trying to balance the two especially with you know four month old daughter Um, but I think it's absolutely crucial to my development within the business world and then specifically in marketing to um, to learn you know anything and everything I can so I can somewhat catch up to People that haven't been in the military and, and, and are within marketing, so I can get on that that same curve.
1: Yeah, when you were when you were making the transition a few years back, were you giving consideration to going to school full time? Did you, did that ever cross your mind?
2: It did. Um, I think one of the things I realized once I once I got to my my job was that I had you know so much to learn just from a day to day business standpoint. Where you know I, I went. I went through certain things um, in my last three and a half years on the job where now I'm, I'm going through it in school, and it's just, for me personally, it's just much easier to having gone through it and then going back and applying it from an educational standpoint, it just makes that much more sense.
1: So if I heard you correctly, what you're saying is, you know, coming in and getting three-plus years of business experience before going to school, for you, I'm not saying this has to be the right way for everyone, but for you, you're saying... You came and, like, you know, hit the ground and, and, you know, felt what the environment was like. And then now going back to school, maybe having some context to apply it to?
2: Yeah, context to apply it to and just confidence in terms of, you know, what I'm learning and what I'm truly wanting to do from a professional standpoint. Um, I think, you know, coming in here and having the experiences that I've had really solidified the fact that I wanted to get an MBA and I wanted it to be marketing focused. I know it's been the same way for a couple of other JMOs here. I mean, one of them is enrolled at the, the Berkeley Executive Program. One's enrolled in um, Syracuse Online. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I would I would imagine that they'd be able to share similar experiences. But it's just it's so much for me. It's just better to apply it um, once I've got uh, the experience.
1: Um, let me change gears on you again a little bit. You know, one of the things we like to ask, at least toward the end of the conversation. First question is, you know, in, in in you and I shared an email, so I, I I know that you have some pretty good perspective here. But the best book or blog or podcast that you've read or listened to lately, and in this case, I think it'll be a book. But uh, share us, share with us what you're uh, what you're currently working on, other outside of your MBA, from what you're reading.
2: Yeah, I think um, the book that really resonated with me was it's called Say Anything, uh, and it's written by Doug Crandall and. Matt Kincaid and, um, Doug Crandall was, uh, one of my mentors when I was actually in school. And, um, wow. this book itself is, it's about how important it is as a leader to create a culture where, um, team members, subordinates, you know, what have you, feel comfortable enough in the environment, um, surrounding them that they can speak up and, and literally say anything. Um, you know, to a certain degree of, of tact. Um, for me, one of the, the key components of that book is um, the idea of assuming positive intent, and this is a, r- a really really difficult thing to do, especially coming out of the coming out of the military, where um, you know you're going to be um, somewhat naive to certain processes um, and and people. And, and I remember just just coming into this job and just thinking that you know everybody just knew everything. And, and that's kind of the idea behind uh, assuming positive intent was every single interaction I had, whether it was on the sales side, the operations side, or data analytics team, when I would have a conversation with them, uh, I'd usually follow up with, you know, thank you, I appreciate the work that you're doing, I know it took, took you a lot of time to, to produce this, uh, I'm going to take this and, and, and do whatever, you know, with it. But it was always that positive reinforcement. It was it was setting the expectation that what they had provided me was to their best ability, to their best of their ability, um, and it just kind of built a certain trust and reputation between us. Where if I came back to them and, and asked for something later on, that the expectation was is that it was going to be the best that they could provide. Um, I think over time, you know, I had mentioned this in the email to you, you prior. I mean, sometimes you can get taken advantage of um, by assuming positive intent all the time, but over time, you start realizing that those occurrences uh, aren't the norm. You know, they're they're just um, you know here and there, but it, it's it's not the norm. And generally, people are going to provide you with their best output possible when they know that that expectation is there for them.
1: Before you read the book, maybe you can share share a little bit about you know before you before you were uh, exposed. You're probably predis predispositioned to that anyway because the book's resonated so strongly with you, but Let's say before you read the book, how would you have perhaps approached a conversationally differently? Conversation differently? How would your mindset have been pre-reading? Say anything?
2: Yeah, and I think it would have been much more um, reactionary. Um, you know, I think we can all connect to this. It's you get a certain email, and your initial read of the email is, "You got to be kidding me! Like, really? That's that's your response, or, or that's your thought." And you just kind of get that, that fire, you know, immediately built up in you. And and sometimes it's just you got to take a step back, uh, assume positive intent, interpret their message, you know, differently. And then sometimes it's just, you know, getting on getting on a call and saying, hey, I, you know, I saw your response to this, and I'm, I'm thinking that you, you, you know, you, you put a lot into it and, and um, you know, it took you a while to come up with this solution. Um, but I'm just, I'm not connecting with you on it. Can you explain to this, can you explain this to me a little bit, Little bit further and just taking that step back as as opposed to being very reaction um, focused, and all of a sudden, um, you know, that conversation changes completely.
1: Do you think the military would embrace that type of mentality, like the say anything mentality? I'm not saying that they don't, uh, I'm not saying that individuals don't, but um, I I guess if if you were, if a military officer was listening to this, could he or she uh, go apply that and be successful in your mind?
2: Yeah, but it's, it's 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 a really really interesting um, transition because um, you know it's hard to assume positive intent when you ask a private if they've got all their ammo, or if they've got their water, or, uh, you know what have you. Um, so usually, yeah, usually you don't want to rely on on that until you've kind of built that rapport through positive, you know, through assume, assumption of positive intent through other occurrences sometimes it just you know the, the situation doesn't dictate that um, that you make that assumption but um, you know I think over time um, as long as you build that trust and they know that you believe in them to give that you know to give everything that they've got um, it's, a, it's a strong thing that, that can take hold over time
1: yeah it's really powerful and something that I think that uh, those who listen to this podcast will benefit from all right final question what's the best advice that you've given lately and what's the best advice that you've received lately?
2: Um, in terms of received, uh, it's always to stay humble. And um, my dad always told me, you reap what you sow. Um, so what you put into it, you know, you'll know, you eventually get out of it. But I think you know, just staying humble through the process is, is always important, especially as you kind of progress through the career. You just want to stay humble and recognize those around you for helping you get there. Um, the best advice I think that I've given recently is just that Every single one of your interaction um, with with people matters. So whether it's um, through an email, whether it's walking down the hall and looking somebody in the eye and acknowledging them and and, and saying good morning, um, shaking shaking hands, just a strong strong handshake. Do not show up late to meetings. Um, you know, two minutes late is two minutes late. You know, it's there's a lot of small details that I think kind of get lost over time, and one of the most important you know, things that we learn within the military are, are a lot of those little, little detail-oriented things. And it's really important that you retain um, a lot of those details because it has an effect on your personal brand and people start um, perceiving you um, for upholding those types of qualities. So really, I could probably just summarize it though, that just every single interaction that you have matters. So, so to you know, put effort in every single interaction that you have.
1: Yeah, it's great advice. Let me go back to the the stay humble advice because, quite frankly, Eric, you don't come across to me in, in the time that we've known each other and interacted. You don't come across as anyone or someone who is is who isn't humble. But um, why do you think that's so important, or why do you think that's important to you?
2: I think when, uh, from my from my experience, um, you know, I feel like every not every, but I mean, the majority of, of junior military officers that, that come out of the military and, and join a business, you know, they're nervous. They're anxious. They're nervous. They want to do well. Um, they don't know how they're doing. They don't know how they're performing. Um, but in reality, they're they're performing extremely well just by the nature of who they are and how they go about their business. There's, there's kind of a turning point there is, is once you start hearing that, that you're performing well, um, have that drive you even more. Don't don't get comfortable with with that performance or that expectation um, you've got to keep that fire keep, keep, keep learning keep keep appreciating those who, who help you get there because that transition itself um, isn't going to be successful unless you have others that are helping you uh, along the way because there's gonna be you know plenty of questions plenty of interactions where you just need somebody else to tell you you know what what the heck is going on so keep, keep that in perspective keep those people um, you know I always it's, it's always a, a thank-you note um, you know hey I really appreciated you know what, what you did for me here but just keeping that perspective as, as you grow
1: I read a book recently it's impacted me significantly here lately and I've been thinking and talking a lot about it it's called the ideal team player by Patrick Lencioni the same guy who wrote uh, the five dysfunctions of a mm-hmm. team and um, and he says the, the components or the characteristics of an ideal team player are hungry meaning you know driven to deliver high-quality results every day humble and smart but not intellectually smart although that probably doesn't hurt but more emotionally smart and it sounds to me at least a lot of what you're saying is in terms of the advice you've given and received it's really along the lines of that be hungry to deliver high-quality results be humble and then be emotionally smart whether that's you know picking up the phone when you get an, an email and assuming a positive intent or showing up early to a meeting or handshake or thank you notes so you know that all of that sounds like really strong advice and hopefully the people that uh, listen to this podcast will take a lot from what you said because because uh, you've contributed a bunch and I really appreciate it
2: no I just I mean those are all very very small things but um, you know put together it, it kind of comes together and it, it who you are, and um, it goes a long way.
1: I got to tell you, this has been a real positive time for for me in this conversation. Sounds like you are doing some phenomenal things there at Faster Farms. Um, look forward to continuing to follow your career as you grow. If I can be of any assistance, let me know. Uh, but thank you very much for being on the podcast, and uh, we'll talk soon.
2: Absolutely, thank you, Pete.